Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Oh, and what a joy it is to be joined to my left by one co-host, Tyler Plath, to be joined across the country with my other co-host, Cameron Lawrence. Fellas, it is good to be back with you all. How are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Laid out my pool for a little bit, so feeling all right. <laughs> just going to flex. Just, oh, yeah. yeah just we got minor flexes here. Sunny, warm weather and year-round, right? It's not just yeah. in the summer like Minnesota. Like It's year-round. Yeah, you'll be a lot more upset when I say that in January. <laughs> I'm such a good co-host that I didn't listen to the last episode. So how obvious is it that Cameron is in Florida? I don't I don't know if people really know it's Florida. Oh well I'm rocking the do. Minnesota. I mean I'm <laughs> not gone forever. No, we said that we mentioned that he is no longer in Minnesota. Well he's in Florida. That's why well, he's a chump I, and has a pool now. Yeah. It can go in a year round. And can go to the ocean whenever he wants. I go yeah, to a lake tomorrow. and it's frozen for fifty percent of the year. Too bad you can't ice skate anymore, Cameron. Yeah, no more ice fishing. <laughs> That's true. But I, I probably haven't skated in like three years, so I think I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Your body is thanking you at this point. Yes. Yes. FF fellows on Twitter, the FF fellows on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellows, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We are in the middle of draft season. If you want to win your league this year, hey, you can go buy our draft guide for five dollars tyler how many times did you and i have little caesar's pizza last week we had it twice didn't we yeah we did we could have we could have bought two fellas draft guides with that see some people choose to be smart with their money and invest it in the fellas draft guide (laughs) some people like us are chumps (laughs) we just enjoy little caesar's and watching you know ufc and preseason football but to each their own we would say invest it in the draft guide Invest yes. in the draft guide, uh, $5, Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. Include your email, and we'll get that sent over to you. You can find Please that link down in the description include. on YouTube and on the podcast you're listening to. Sorry, what were you saying, Cameron? Please include your email. Yes. <laughs> Please include your email. We can't send it to you if you don't give us your email. We've we will run take into the donation. But <laughs> yeah, we've run into that a lot. Oh, we have a fun episode. A fun, fun episode. We are getting into our favorite players for this season. It is the Fellas Flag Plants episode. We have three of our favorite players for each of us, not just myself, but for Tyler and Cameron as well. And we will plant our flags on their success this season and why we are drafting them 10 out of 10 times. Actually, probably 11 out of 10 times, if I'm being honest. 10 out of 10 times. I, yeah, every single draft. Every single time. No matter yep. what format. I mean, because at this point, it's either PPR or best ball. We are walking away with these guys. 100% yeah, of the time. Unless, unless we get sniped. I know for sure if you followed our content at all. Like, two of mine are obvious. Like, Lucas told me to take those two and that he wouldn't even try to take them because he knew who I was going to take. One of them might be a little more of a surprise, but two of them are, like, 
if you've listened to anything I've said all summer, you know exactly what I'm taking. So I was shocked by your third. We'll talk about that later. But yes, we can talk about that. Let's dive into some news and notes first before we get there. Not a ton going on around the league, but a few notes worthy of mentioning. Baker Mayfield will be the week one starter in Carolina because we are all not expecting that. No. Because <laughs> Sam Darnold is a real threat. Somehow, I'm going to be honest, someway. I didn't even know Baker was in Carolina, so. <laughs> <laughs> way to make us look bad. <laughs> Baker Mayfield will be. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was just saying it was a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, yeah, Baker will be the week one starter for Carolina. Kenny Drake officially released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, maybe a little more shocking. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I don't think he gets picked up anywhere. Like, I don't want to talk about Kenyon Drake's fantasy value. But what does this also mean for, like, Josh Jacobs? Because he was a player that we were concerned about taking receiving work away from Josh Jacobs this year. They have Brandon Bolden still, correct? Correct. And so that, I think it's uh, McDaniels trusts, trusts Bolden more than he trusts Drake. Drake is a bigger cap hit. So I think Bolden's still going to take some of that receiving work. Yep. Um. I think J- Jacob's receiving work should increases from what I had projected, but I don't think it's like a major enough increase for all of a sudden he's like a top 20 running back or something for me. He's been teetering on my top 20. I think this will probably push him there. M- mostly because of what else is happening to other running backs like Travis Etienne and all the James Robinson reports. I don't want to talk about that, but like Kenya Drake was a factor into Josh Jacobs ranking for me. Yeah, what does this mean for Zamir White though? As well, like that's that's the question I have because you yep. know that Jacobs is going to take the bulk of the work. They clearly trust Zamir White to handle some work too. Yeah, this could be more of an endorsement for White than it is that Jacobs is going to get more work, which right. is an interesting point. Or option C, it's just Brandon Bolden getting all the receiving work now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is like what I think it more is. I think it's more about Brandon Bolden than it is either Zamir White or Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and that for sure could be, or it could be D, and it's going to change every single week. And we'll never know what's going to happen. Or it's going to be E. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you want to keep going? I got an option. We have for you. no idea. <laughs> they cut everybody and have no running backs. Hunter Renfro is their running back because they need somebody. Hey, he'd probably be better there without those running backs than at wide receiver this year. But uh, that's an opinion for another time. <laughs> and nobody wants to hear that. Nope. Uh, Elijah Mitchell on track to play week one. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Does this bump up confidence in Elijah Mitchell for any of us. We're all pretty much on record saying we're OUT on him. Yeah, I think this is just like every single year with every single San Francisco 49ers running back since Kyle Shanahan has been there. So I feel about the same about the 49ers running backs that I have the last four years. So <laughs> Yeah, which is not good. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so to clarify. <laughs> I mean, there's a tweet out there on our profile. I don't know how long ago it was at this point. Kyle Shanahan is like top two, top one, like most frustrating coach when it comes to fantasy football. I mean, Debo Samuel last year, sure. It was a top five performance, but it was receiving then rushing. Yeah. Or I was in the doghouse yeah. in the second half of the season. Hello. 
right? Like Kyle Shanahan is not a fantasy manager's best friend by any means. San Francisco 49ers have had a different starting running back each of the past five seasons. And I am yeah. ju- I am still just so convinced that Elijah Mitchell not getting preseason playing time is going to lead to another running back getting an opportunity. Like we saw it in the preseason game on Friday. That was the first thing you and I said on the 49ers offensive drive. Jeff Wilson got a touch. Jermichael Hasty, or no, sorry, Trey Sermon got a touch. Jermichael Hasty got a touch. And Tyrion Davis Price got a touch. All on consecutive plays. Like I I know it's only preseason and I don't want to pull everything out of like that one drive, but also like like Elijah Mitchell hasn't played any preseason. That I feel like that matters to Kyle Shanahan because it matters to every other coach in the NFL. Yeah. So I don't think it's a guarantee Elijah Mitchell just comes back week one and we're like, yep, twenty four touches for Elijah Mitchell week one. Like, I feel like it's gonna be Elijah Mitchell. Let's work your way back in. And then when they realize, wait, Trey Sermon is doing really good. Oh, oh, Jermichael Hasty ripped off a 25-yard right. Like, someone's going to come out and take advantage of Elijah Mitchell being worked back into this offense. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Elijah Mitchell's not going to have the job anymore. Like, I don't want to sit here and speculate too much. But I just have that feeling. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan in this offense to give nope. Elijah Mitchell consistent numbers this year. No, he's – I mean – if you're taking him to be a starting running back on your fantasy team, you may be the only one out of the three of us, right? Or out of the four yeah. of us, like if you include yourself. I'm not starting Elijah Mitchell. I don't think Lucas is. I don't think Cam. I don't think you are. No, I got him at 36. It's it's more of a it's another endorsement of situation matters. Yes. We're not situation. we're not saying Mitchell's not talented, but we're saying he is in one of the worst running back rooms in the NFL for fantasy wise, you know, just with the way Shanahan coaches, the way he holds grudges about injuries, the way he just will go, okay, I'm going to put in these four guys. So sorry, I just lost my light. I was um, going to say, you went really dark there for a second. <laughs> for those of you watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, camera just disappeared for about three Give me seconds. one sec. I got to unplug it before it starts on fire. You're good. I'll transition us to the next piece of news. I think you, we all get the point. We don't mm-hmm. trust Elijah Mitchell. He's going as a running back 23 in drafts. You shouldn't be drafting him that high. He's he's a fine piece to have because I mean, oh yeah, because if he ends up being the, the lead, the lead, there's value, but there's so many question marks to it that it's just for RB 23 when there's a guy that we will talk about later. Two guys go that that are going after him that we feel a lot better about. Mm-hmm. It'll make sense. Michael Thomas dealing with a hamstring injury. I've been on TikTok live recently, breaking down our top 10 and top 20 wide receivers. I did one through 10 last night. I did 11 through 20 uh, this afternoon. Everybody is clamoring for Michael Thomas to be in our top 20. I shut them down. I said, no, I will not invest in a guy who hasn't played football in a year and a half, who is now dealing with a hamstring injury. And because you all want to believe the report that said Michael Thomas looks back to his 2019 self, I say, you're a fool for believing that for one second. You fool. As Gilbert Gottfried once said, you fool. (laughs) If you haven't seen that clip on YouTube, you need to go look it up. But anyways, this is about what we expected, is it not? Like, we weren't trusting Michael Thomas because he hasn't played football in a year and a half. He had been struggling with this foot injury still throughout this offseason, and now he has a hamstring injury. That 
It's not like those just go away. Those can linger. Yeah. Doesn't change anything on Michael Thomas for us, does it? Nope. We're already pretty low on him. I don't think I'm bumping him any lower because of it, but I'm certainly no way putting him in my top 20 anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, people are talking about him as if he's going to be the steal of the draft. Oh. And No. Chris Olave, that's all I have to say. He's he's going to be the bigger steal than Michael Thomas will be this year. Where's our, like, fire? Like, <laughs> Is that fire? Is it? Uh, oh, that's a hot I, take to, to most people, isn't. Lucas. <laughs> Get educated, people. You're lucky I'm here to tell you that. I'm it's, normally not this cocky, but, like, I'm very confident about that. I don't blame you. Where's Michael Thomas being drafted right now? Great question. 40, I think. No way. Why is he, why is he 40? Sorry. No way. 40. He's going that low? I think so. Because D-Hop's 36. 32. Is he really 32? Wow. Really? I swear he was going like 25. Uh, ESPN has him at 28. Is that Photos. standard or PPR? PPR. Yep, PPR. Um, ESPN yep. at 28. Rotosports at 26. Fantrax at 34. And Sleeper at 27. Yeah, right. So that's where that's I was expecting. Ridiculous. Like a 27, 28. So it's really just fan tracks that are Bring killing. Down. Yeah. So yeah, I still I still think that's true. Chris Olave is a better value than Michael Thomas this year, and he'll be the bigger steal of the draft. Yeah. I stand by that. Come at me in the comments. Early flag plant. Yeah, semi-flag plant. <laughs> uh, last two pieces of news, and we'll move on to flag plants. Gus Edwards lands on the pup list. He'll miss the first four weeks of the season. Nothing yeah. really too surprising there. It was going to be between him and J.K. Dobbins anyways, and... Gus Edwards drew this short, short end of the stick, I guess. So he'll be on the pup list, missing the four weeks of the season. And Jameson Williams lands on the NFI list, will miss at least the first four weeks. I don't think he'll be back until November. Every report I've read has said he won't be back until late October, probably at the earliest. Yeah. Well, in, I mean, he's he's missing training camp. Rookie wide receivers need training camp. Need training camp. And so I I don't think it's that bold to say that he has like little to no fantasy relevance for this year. Going yeah. forward, absolutely. Right. But this year, it, he is not worth a draft pick. I would agree with that. Let us move on to the fellas' flag plants for 2022. We're just going to do this round robins style. Uh, we're each going to share one of ours. We each have three. So you're going to get nine of the players we are most enamored by for the 2022 season. Cameron, per usual, I feel like on all these episodes, we just start with you. I feel like I always just default to you first. You need uh, a bang to start. I get it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, fine. Even though CMC is his first flight. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, you can start us off. Give us your first flag plant for 2022. Ty was really close. I am going a little riskier for my first flag plant with Jonathan Taylor. Um, <laughs> um, if you've listened to anything I've said on TikTok or on our podcast um, over the summer, it is that Mike Williams is going to be amazing this year. 
Um, it's funny because Tyler is actually the only one of us that has him statted out to score more than Keenan Allen. Um, and while I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities, I just haven't quite made it to that point because I still think Keenan Allen's going to be really amazing too. But Mike Williams was wide receiver 10 and half PPR formats, wide receiver one in weeks one through five. But what gets people scared is weeks six through 17, he was the wide receiver 40. Um, you know, just a pretty disappointing stretch. What got me back in on Mike Williams was that last game against the Raiders. A must-win game or they go home. He has 17 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Then they come back this offseason and they sign him to a three-year, $60 million contract. They want him a part of the offense. Justin Herbert wants him as a part of the offense. He will be involved this season. He was 12th in deep targets and 8th in red zone targets last year. That's a pretty good stat when you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback and Brandon Sealy as a coach, and you're going for it on fourth down all the time, and you run more plays than any other team. They are going to be in at least six shootouts this year. That's just in their division. They are going to put up a ton of points, and Mike Williams is going to be right in the middle of it. And it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he kind of takes over as an alpha wide receiver one this season. So, yeah, I, I am all in on Mike Williams. I got him set out as my wide receiver 11 right now. Um, and like underdog, I've taken him so many times in like the end of the second round, beginning of the third round, you know, um, sleeper, I'll probably take him a little bit later because we're playing the ADP game. Um, but yeah, I am all in on Mike Williams this season. Eighth and deep targets, 12th and red zone targets last year. People I've said that leads to really good potential for fantasy points. And people have said, no, those are just inconsistent stats. Not inconsistent stats, but like stats that further emphasize his inconsistency, which I disagree with. Mm. But I've been on live chatting with people, and they're like, why do you have Mike Williams at 11? What say you to the people who say he's too inconsistent to be a top 12 wide receiver? The fact that he was wide receiver 40 last year for 11 weeks, that he can still be a top 10 wide receiver, even if he was that like had that rough of a stretch. I don't think it's going to get worse than that. And, you know, and like I said, with the contract, with the way they used him in that last game, like those are not signs of a team that's like giving up on a wide receiver. Those are the signs of a team who was investing in this guy. And so if he can have that bad of a stretch and still finish as a top 10 wide receiver, then yeah, I think that he's going to kind of sure up some of those inconsistencies a little bit more this season. And he's going to be probably even better than he was last year. I love Mike Williams. We all love Mike Williams this year. He is a frequent one in our mock drafts where we think we can just wait long enough. But then whoever is in front of us out of us three is going to scoop him up. Uh, And it's always, almost always, tail into the fourth round. He doesn't even make it to the fifth round where his ADP is. Because that's how much we believe in the guy. Yeah, so we love Mike Williams this year. Yeah, my last thing on Mike Williams is if I'm looking at all quarterbacks, most likely, if I'm going to put money down, most likely quarterback to throw 50 touchdowns this year would be Justin Herbert. Ooh. And I want the guy who is going to be the best red zone target on the team if I believe that he has the best chance in the NFL to throw 50 touchdowns this year. I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm saying if there was one quarterback that I had to pick to throw 50 touchdowns, it'd be Justin Herbert. So I want Mike Williams, who's his best red zone threat. Yes, I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. 
you should be investing in Mike Williams. You are too low on Mike Williams. He's going as the wide receiver 19 right now in redraft formats. Wide receiver 14 on underdog, which you're still, you're still, like I said, you're still drafting him early third round, but in redraft leagues, you're getting him in the fifth round, which is going to be one of the best values this year. 100%. Tyler, let's move on to you. Who is your first flag plant this offseason? Well, going into this season, I should say. So, another receiver. Maybe not as flashy as a Mike Williams or a T. Higgins, but a fairly consistent wide receiver who's going or who has such an ideal situation with Indianapolis. It's Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. And as I said, he's a clear wide receiver one in this offense. Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell are fighting for wide receiver two. Yes, Jonathan Taylor is there, but he doesn't pose much of a receiving threat to Michael Pittman than, you know, people believe. Team traded for Matt Ryan this offseason. So may not be a super big upgrade over Carson Wentz. But it is a fairly decent upgrade in fantasy terms because Matt Ryan has played with a wide receiver by the name of Julio Jones. I don't know if you guys have heard about or heard of him before, but he's played rugby. <laughs> I think he plays shuffleboard on the weekends. Oh, that's what um, a pickleball expert. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Um, and, and in no way am I saying that. Michael Pittman is the next Julio Jones. But what I'm saying is Matt Ryan likes the big, the tall, and athletic targets. That is Michael Pittman to a T. Reports are coming out during training camp that Michael Pittman was being used all over the place with crossers and screens and posts down the middle and deep balls down the sidelines in their scrimmages against the Lions. So this is just not free reps or anything like that. Like these are scrimmages, open play against another team. Michael Pittman last year with Carson Wentz, he was tenth in the league in target share amongst wide receivers. He had a twenty-five and a half percent target share. He was thirteenth in targets per route run, which. That's really good. That is really, really good. That means I mean, it's, it wasn't nearly a target for every route that he ran, but to be 13th? That's top 15. That's top 15. <laughs> Math major. <laughs> I'm like, I hate that I just said that. I was so We're numbers, stupid guys. Sometimes, sometimes just saying it like that clarifies it for the people. I'm just saying. Do you just need to hear like a round number that isn't a crooked number like 13? Right. Top 15? Uh, Michael Pittman was a wide receiver seven from weeks one to ten last year. Now, he didn't average the highest fancy points per game because if you look at other players during that stretch, there were some that were 16 and 17. There was a guy named Cooper Cup that was up at, like, 25. So that's 10 more fantasy points, but still. 14 is very, very solid when it comes to fantasy. And he also had only five games in single digits for fantasy points. Every other week in a full season for him was in double digits. So currently going as a wide receiver 13 right now, he's going in the fourth round. 
and Michael Pittman, along with along with guys like Mike Williams, guys like T. Higgins, I'll throw in there too, have legitimate wide receiver one upside. And you're getting him For in sure. the fourth round right now. So if you need to take running back with your first couple picks and you're kind of stuck in that third round of just like, man, I don't really like the wide receivers that are right here. Maybe, you know, we don't recommend it, but maybe I take a Josh Allen or something and I'll wait for my next two picks to take a wide receiver. Michael Pittman is your guy in the fourth round. He's my, he is my number. I shouldn't say number one. He's the first flag plant of my three. Like you prefer him the most out of your three. Yes. What say you? Matt Ryan and Julio Jones didn't work that great in the red zone together. And again, I'm not calling Michael Pittman Julio Jones, but we've seen those struggles in the past. Does that concern you in any capacity? Are you just assuming Jonathan Taylor is going to get literally every single touch there anyways? Like, what say you to people who have that concern about Michael Pittman this year? Because I think it is a legitimate concern. If I'm not mistaken, Michael Pittman had six touchdowns last year. I think it was seven. Maybe it was seven. But we're so far apart, it matters that we debated every single second right now. (laughs) Six. It's six touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. Um, some of those touchdowns were, you know, done with some work after the catch. Um, but there wasn't like a big coaching change when it came to Indy. Sure. The quarterback is different, but the team still wants to get him involved in the red zone. So while I think that Jonathan Taylor does still get the majority, I want to say majority, like. 80% 80% of the work in the red zone. Yeah. I think they still want Michael Pittman to at least be a threat so teams just don't stack the box against Jonathan Taylor sure. when they're in the red zone. For sure. Can I add one thing that I yes. saw today? Uh, it was a Dave Kluge tweet. Dave Kluge. Love Dave Kluge. Is that what it is, Dave Kluge? Oh, yes. I just absolutely butchered that. But uh, Sorry, Dave. Since 2009... Obviously, he had Julio Jones, but Matt Ryan's wide receiver one has averaged 161 targets in a seven or in a 16 game schedule. 161. Yes. A lot of upside for Michael Pittman. That's a lot of targets. Well, that is a lot of targets. So even if the touchdowns aren't there, the volume should be. Yeah, because yes. you know Alec Pierce isn't going to get 125 targets this year. No. He's not Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Neither is Paris Campbell. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do like Michael Pittman. I I struggle to share the same sentiment that I'm like, I have so much confidence in him. I like him, but people like him so much more than me that I'm always going to let them take him. And normally how my draft falls, he never falls to me anyways because someone always snags him ahead of me. But I digress. I do like Michael Pittman. He's going to be a great asset to have on your fantasy team this year. My first plague plant. You two, oh, great friends of mine, went with wide receivers to kick off uh, your flag plants. I have a wide receiver on my flag plants list, but I'm not going to start with him. Though he is one of my favorite flag plants. Uh, I do enjoy me, uh, this player I will be talking about. But first, I... 
I need to probably make the biggest argument I have for a player this season. You are too low on Trey Lance. Yes, I am talking to you, the listener. You are too low on Trey Lance right now. Uh, you two can back me up on this. How in was I on Jalen Hurts last season? Very. Very. Very is the correct answer. <laughs> what did you say? I had my head my head my headphone off. No, no, no. Ba- I said very. I just love your response. <laughs> <laughs> very is the correct answer. Very is the correct answer. This is like Jalen Hurts 2.0 for me in terms of how confident I am in Trey Lance this year. He had three starts in 2021. Okay. Actually, you know what? Maybe, maybe before I get into like the whole stats and statistical argument and everything, I like, I think I need to back up even more how much I believe in Trey Lance. Uh, if you all recall in a startup dynasty mock draft that we did last year, high stakes league, I would say, uh, who, <laughs> when did I take Trey Lance in that draft? Earlier than I would have. Before Trevor Lawrence. Before Trevor Lawrence. I believe it was in the 10th round, if I remember correctly. I built up some depth. All I know is that I drafted before Trevor Lawrence, and some people couldn't believe it. And I said, it's the offense. It's his skill set. I really like Trevor Lawrence, but I believe in Trey Lance that much more. And I stand by it. I stand by it. He had three starts in 2021, week four, week five, week 17. Let me just read off. I'm going to rattle off his stats quick. He was 9 of 18 for 157 yards and two touchdowns in week four. Seven rushing attempts for 41 yards. Okay, He only played 50% of the snaps that week, too. So, I mean, I don't know about you. That's 20 fantasy points, and he played 50% of the snaps. I don't know. That's a pretty good pretty good first start to your NFL career. Week five. It's 15 to 29, 192 yards. Not great. Zero touchdowns. Not ideal. But he had 16 rushing attempts. For 89 yards. Okay, didn't have a great finish that week. Only scored 15 fantasy points. But when you don't throw a touch, if he throws another touchdown, he's over 20 fantasy points, right? If you don't throw a passing touchdown, you're probably not going to score fantasy points. It's just reality, okay? And in week 17, when he got the start again, 16 to 23 for 249 yards, two passing touchdowns, eight rushing attempts for 31 yards. I don't know about you, but if you score two 20 plus fantasy point games in Two out of your first three starts in the league. I don't know. I, I That sounds pretty good to me. That's a quarterback I want to invest in. I would agree. He had at least seven rushing attempts in all three of those games. Okay, so now I'm just going to I'm gonna play a little bit of a numbers game here. I want you to come on this journey with me. He had seven rushing attempts in each game. Let's give him a moderate floor of six, of six, uh, six rushing attempts in each game this year. Let's give him six rushing attempts in each game of 2021 over a 17-game season. That's 102 rushing attempts, if I do my math correctly. He averaged 5.9, 5.6, and 3.9 yards per carry in each of those games. Okay, so I'm going to give him five rushing or five five yards per rush attempt. Okay, right around four. We'll give him between four and six. It's about five. Okay, five rushing attempts on 102 or five yards per rushing attempt on 102 carries over a full 17-game season gives you a floor of 510 rushing yards to work with. That is a guaranteed 50 fantasy points you are getting from Trey Lance's legs alone, not including any touchdown team may score you during that, okay? I don't know about you. I like mobile quarterbacks who can get me 500 rushing yards in a season because we've seen that bode well for many, many, many people in the past. 
allow me to tell you then <laughs> the mobile quarterbacks who have broken out since 2019 and where they have gone in drafts. Trey Lance is currently going as the quarterback 13, might I add. Obviously, last year it was Jalen Hurts, okay? He was drafted as the quarterback 12. He was the quarterback one before his injury in week 12. Finished as a quarterback nine on the season. Obviously, you saw a little bit of a teeter off, but he was like, I called my shot on, on, on Jalen Hurts last season, and I was parading. I was, oh, I was taking my victory laps on Jalen Hurts last season. He was incredible. Late round, high mobile upside quarterback. 2020, the year of Josh Allen, drafted as a quarterback 10, finished as a quarterback one. 2019, we had two of them. We had two of them in 2019. We had Kyler Murray, who was a rookie, drafted as a quarterback 11, finished as a quarterback 7. And then obviously 2019, the year of MVP Lamar Jackson, drafted <laughs> drafted as a quarterback 15, finished as a quarterback 1. That's I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Trey Lance going as a quarterback 13. Carries that same high rushing upside ability. The dude can throw. Okay, right? Like Kyle Shanahan was having him throw. It's not like Kyle Shanahan was was sheltering him from throwing and only giving him, you know, 22 passing attempts per game, right? Like, game of 29 passing attempts. He had 23 in week 17, but, we, you know, for a rookie who's coming in for one start, like, that's not something you want to just throw on him. And Kyle Shanahan also realizes in those games he played Seattle and Houston in two of those games. What are you going to do against Seattle and Houston in 2021? You're going to run the crap out of the football, right? Yeah. You weren't going to make Trey Lance throw the ball 30 times a game. So I think there's still like untapped potential we've seen in Trey that we haven't seen in Trey Lance. And all the reports out of camp, oh, he hasn't looked great. Oh, he's thrown interceptions. He's been struggling. Can we talk about the defense he's been playing against and how incredibly talented that first team defense of the San Francisco 49ers is? I am not concerned about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is is I like I am walking out of every draft. If I can wait on Trey Lance and get him in the ninth round of my fantasy drafts, I'm doing that 10 times out of 10, 24-7, 365, and I'm doing it twice on Sunday. Like, give me like if you don't want Trey Lance this year, if you're if you're not a believer in Trey Lance, like I will give you I will give you whatever you want for Trey Lance. Not, not anything you want, but you get my point. Trey Lance, you are too low on Trey Lance. You are too low on Trey Lance. I want all of him this year. You two have anything you want to add? No, you pretty much said it all. I can't really add much to that. That was pretty good. Diligent research, baby. No, Trey Lance, uh, he should be your late-round quarterback target this season. Uh, there, I know there's like Brady and Stafford and Rodgers and all these other guys going. The thing that sets Trey Lance apart from those guys is that his rushing upside could launch him into that top five. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Trey Lance could finish top five this year amongst quarterbacks. Yeah. Cameron, let's kick it back to you. You had Mike Williams as your first flag plant, a wide receiver. Who are you going with next? Yeah, I'll keep this one short and sweet. It's Cortland Sutton. Um, I have him right after Mike Williams in my rankings. Uh, Cortland Sutton had a disappointing year last year. We all know that large part due to Drew Locke. He's also first year back off of an ACL injury. So I don't think we always give guys enough credit when they're returning off an ACL injury because we've seen players like Adrian Peterson, you know, who come back and have career years off of an ACL. But that's that's not normal. Usually it takes you a year to get back. And the biggest thing for Sutton is that he adds Russell Wilson. Um, and Russell Wilson is at a top 
15 wide receiver each year since 2013. We thought Rusk had kind of a disappointing year last year. He still supported two top 15 fantasy wide receivers. Year before that, he'd supported two top eight fantasy wide receivers. Um, Cortland Sutton himself has been pretty impressive as a rookie. Sutton put up 72 receptions on 136 targets for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. He saw 1,500 air yards. He also saw 1,500 air yards last year. What that means is just how many, how far the ball is going in the air before he, it gets to him. He doesn't have to catch that ball for it to count, but that is top eight in both of those stats. You want to know what else is great? He was top six in deep targets. Russ was top eight in deep targets last year and has never finished lower than that in his career. Russ was also second in touchdowns last season. Denver just lost Tim Patrick, who was a big wide receiver. Corlin Sutton is their only other big wide receiver at six foot three, 218 pounds. He is going to catch touchdowns this year because Russ is going to throw a lot of them. I, I don't see any reason why Cortland Sutton shouldn't have 1,100 plus yards, eight plus touchdowns this year. He is in an offense where Russell Wilson likes to throw the ball down the field and he likes to score touchdowns. Well, Cortland Sutton's going to be really good at both of those. And I mean, Russ is. Russ is Russ. Like we we know who Russell Wilson is. We know what we're getting with him. And he's I mean, he's the top in pretty much every efficiency ranking there is, which is the exact opposite of Drew Locke, who is probably bottom three in every efficiency ranking there is. So you have that big of an upgrade, this much talent, one year removed from the injury. Um, one of your top three options just went down with an injury, opening up more targets for Sutton. Um, I'm just really, really excited about Sutton this year. Can I go back to your air yards uh stat? Yes. I love that you brought that up because according to football.pitcherlist.com, I just found this website recently. It's a phenomenal resource. It generates a correlation percentage to fantasy points. So it takes a stat and it generates how correlated it is to producing fantasy points for a specific player. A specific player, excuse me. I stumbled my way through that. Total air yards has a 91% correlation rate to fantasy points for wide receivers. So when you say Cortland Sutton sees 1,500 air yards and that's top eight, I'll tell you what, that means there's a lot more fantasy points coming his, his way this upcoming season, especially when you say Russell Wilson, I believe he was third in deep targets last year too. I don't remember if sixth, you read that stat. Sixth in deep targets. Sixth in deep targets. When you have a quarterback who likes to throw the deep ball, targeting a wide receiver who likes to run the deep route, you are going to find success in that. Plain and simple. Oh, I forgot one thing. He also just signed a four-year $60 million contract. Yeah, he got paid too. So they're going to include him in the offense. You don't pay a guy that kind of money to use your other wide receiver. You know, like he is going to, like I'm not saying Judy's not going to be used. I'm not saying Judy's not going to be really good in this offense, but Sutton is going to be used equal, and I believe more than Judy will be. I think one disclaimer I do want to give on Sutton. Sorry, did you have anything you wanted to add to that quick, Tyler? No. I mean, Judy still has value. Yes. Yeah, 100%. We love Sutton's value more than Judy, so that's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, we do, I, we prefer Sutton to Judy, but that isn't to say you shouldn't draft Judy because he'll be – he could – he has top 15 upside too. Like, Cameron, you yes. read the stats. Yes. You read the stats. Two top 15 wide receivers. He, Russell Wilson has supported that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go somewhere else, and now I lost my train of thought. 
sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Oh, here's what it was. I've seen a lot of people kind of start making this Cortland Sutton as the next Cooper Cup argument. I just want to say we're not on that train. No. We love Cortland Sutton. It started off as a fun fantasy football thread from Andrew Erickson of Fantasy Pros, which, I mean, let's be like, it's a hook. All respect to Andrew Erickson. Great, great fantasy football analyst. I enjoy all of his content. But now I've started to see it trickle more and more and more onto different videos on TikTok, uh, different creators on Twitter. Like, like, let's slow the roll. I hate it when we make these, like, the next person. Mm-hmm. And then you don't at least give the caveat of, like, now it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Which is exactly what we're saying. We love his upside, but we're certainly not saying it's Cooper Cup worthy. 100%. Because Cooper Cup was truly, like, historical. I don't think Corlin Sun repeats that. Not with Jerry Judy in that offense, too. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I don't want to play spoiler for the people, but for those people that are looking for the next Cooper Cup, it's Justin Jefferson, <laughs> and he's already going in the first round because everyone knows Justin Jefferson is the next Cooper Cup. Yeah. Don't go looking for guys in the fifth or sixth round like Cooper Cup was because guess what? There is not a Cooper Cup in the fifth or sixth round this year. Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, there might be. Option B. No. <laughs> and then option, option C. C. <laughs> All right, Tyler. You. So Cameron went two running or running backs, two wide receivers in a row. You start off with a wide receiver. Michael Pittman was your first flag plant. Are you going with another wide receiver as your flag plant? Who are you going with here? I'm switching it up a little bit. And I'm going with a running back this time. Ooh. Before I get to the running back, Cameron has been mentioning where he has his flight plants and his rankings. I thought I should do the same just That's for good. context and stuff. I have Michael Pittman as my wide receiver 12 this year. So I have him as a wide receiver one. Now, on to the running back. This running back um, was when he was drafted – Uh, was heavily scrutinized because he probably didn't need to go to the team that he's currently on. Um, But he has been making the most of his opportunity. And I'm kind of on a uh, A.J. Dillon fever right now. Um, Look, A.J. Dillon... Finishes the RB23 last year. Do you know where he's going in drafts right now, guys? I do know, but I'm not going to spoil it. Cam, do you want to spoil it? I don't know off the top of my head. He's currently going as the RB25. Yes, he is. With no more Devontae Adams. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's that's a steal, (laughs) wouldn't you say? I'd be okay to steal that, yeah. That's argument number one, and that's probably the worst argument that you can make for drafting someone and claiming them as a flight plan. But but I mean, it still adds it adds value to your argument because there's value there. You're drafting him lower than where he finished last year with the ideal offense, really. Yeah. Right, yes. Right. Right. So let, let's let's look at some other factual arguments and stuff. AJ Dillon was the RB twelve from week nine to the end of the season last year. 
and people will be quick to say, oh, that was all touchdowns and carries and stuff. Just, whoa, hold on. <laughs> the man was 15th in receptions and 8th in receiving yards amongst running backs in that time as well. He That's was getting receiving work. Aaron Jones will get his. A.J. Dillon will get a fair amount of receiving work this this year as well. And I'm not expecting a Austin Eckler, a who's another DeAndre Swift type receiving workload by any means. No. But if you can just add 40 receptions on top of your rushing stats, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. Here's another interesting stat that I found about A.J. Dillon last year. A.J. Dillon had roughly 50% of the Packers' run attempts in the red zone last year with Devontae Adams. And if we want to break this down between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, A.J. Dillon was 13th in runs inside the 20 and inside the 10 amongst all running backs, and he was 15th in runs inside the 5. Where was Aaron Jones in those rankings? Aaron Jones was 18th inside the 20, was 28th inside the 10, and 30th inside the 5. A.J. Dillon was getting goal line carries last year, and he only turned in five touchdowns. That's also because there's a quarterback-wide receiver duo that has been, or that was, absolutely lethal in the end zone last year and in years past, not even just last year. Another point, A.J. Dillon had more carries than Aaron Jones last year. 187 carries for Dillon and 171 for Jones. Yes, so is this backfield going to be split on carries? More than likely, yes. But the point with the receiving that I made was that they will each get their own. Same thing for rushing. They will each get their own. They want to set a tone with A.J. Dillon. That's why we, we saw more carries from Dillon last year. They want a pounding ground. They got a pounding ground guy with A.J. Dillon. Then the perfect cherry on top. Was it today? Maybe yesterday? Matt LaFleur in a press conference goes, yeah, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, those guys, those guys are 1A and 1A. We have two premier running backs. If that does not scream ultimate trust in A.J. Dillon, I don't know what else does. A.J. Dillon, again, he's currently going as the RB25 in drafts. He finishes the RB23. He's going in the fifth round of your fantasy drafts. I have him as my RB19, and if I'm honest, that's probably his floor. <laughs> A.J. Dillon. I mean, we're not going to spoil league winners, but for going in the fifth round, behind, let me find some other guys that he's going behind because I have a feeling that like Antonio Elijah Mitchell. He's going behind Elijah Mitchell. Yep. So uh, Antonio Gibson still going in front of him. Hi. Elijah Mitchell. Hi. Josh Jacobs. Eh. Nah. Travis Etienne. That'll upset people, but 
I get your argument. Cam Akers. Aye. <laughs> See, that's five guys right off the rip mm-hmm. that are going in front of A.J. Dillon this year. Find the value in your running backs this year, and the value at running back is A.J. Dillon. I feel like that will surprise people because you've been so in on Aaron Jones in all of our mock drafts. What if I told you that my ideal plan would be to get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in fantasy this year? Uh, I'm going to pretend you didn't just say that. I'm totally kidding. I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, totally there's no kidding. way you're serious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you scared me for a second. <laughs> no, but I like I said, Aaron Jones right now going as the RB12 is right is about the right spot for him. Yeah. yeah AJ Dillon at RB25 it's too low for where he will finish this year. I can get behind that. I can get behind right. that. Ty, how are you going? Are you, are you committing right now to the fact that you believe that there will be two top 15 running backs in Green Bay? Or is that too spicy? You can say no. I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones will not be top 15 running backs together. But I do think A.J. Dillon can be like like literally right at 15. Okay, go ahead. 16. 17, right yeah. Aaron Jones can – I mean, Aaron Jones can be a top five running back this year because of his receiving upside. Right. Yeah. A.J. Dillon is not an Aaron Jones, so that automatically takes him out of that running. But, again, it's the value where he's going in drafts right now. And if you're looking for – I mean, if you want to grab a Christian McCaffrey, a Jonathan Taylor, who's another guy, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, you want a, a relatively sure thing at running back in the first round and then just take pass catchers and then wait to find an RB2 later, A.J. Dillon is your guy. Yeah, I do like that. If you have one of those high upside, arguably some volatility, like especially yep. with CMC and Derrick Henry, right? Like I shouldn't say especially with Derrick Henry. Well, I will say, I should say especially, but with Derrick Henry in that mix, I think having some stability in A.J. Dillon is phenomenal to have if you roster one of those guys. Would agree. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna talk about another running back here. This one should be pretty obvious because if you've been listening to this podcast, I have been this guy's number one fantasy advocate across all platforms. I literally posted two videos about him in a span of like four days on TikTok. And I'm typically against like talking about the same guy in a span of like three weeks. But I did it in four days. I check every single day to see if Kareem Hunt is being drafted inside of the top 30 running backs finally. And every day my heart just crumbles a little bit more because he's still being drafted as a running back 30 or later. And I don't understand why. I I seriously don't. Like, ever since he's come to Cleveland, he's been a top 20 running back in fantasy. He was running back nine the first six weeks before injury last season. He was a running back 11 in 2020. And I, I say the first six weeks in 2021 because, um, you know, he obviously suffered an injury then um, in week seven, so he didn't finish that week. But first six weeks, he was on track to to have a top 10 pace. 
Kareem Hunt was 20, or he was top 20, excuse me, uh, in red zone snaps. And he was out snapping Nick Chubb in the red zone to kick off the year last year. That's crazy. Oh. Oh, that's you interesting. Don't you don't say. That's interesting. Now, granted, Nick Chubb did have an injury in there, I believe. Um, so he was out, I think, at least one game. But even if he wasn't, okay. Interesting. Cream Hunt has out-targeted Nick Chubb 122 to 60 since joining the game halfway th- or ha- joining the Browns halfway through 2019. <laughs> I don't know what we need to do. Again, I, I said this on our, our overvalued and undervalued podcast. I don't know what we need, what 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 you all need to quit acting like Nick Chubb is Kareem Hunt's father. Because we saw how good Kareem Hunt could be in Kansas City as a standalone running back. Dude was a top yep. five running back in Kansas City for fantasy football. Like, what more do you need to quit thinking that Kareem Hunt is this second fiddle to Nick Chubb? And rather, like, if you're truly, truly, I feel like we throw around the term, like, 1A and 1B in an offense super often, like head coaches do. Like, if you want the poster child of 1A and 1B in an offense, it is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They are the definition of 1A and 1B. Kareem Hunt, should he get traded, right? He, he also requested a trade, right? He said, like, I, I don't want to be here. You know, give me a new contract or, or get me out of here. Still playing with the Browns, don't be wrong. But should he get traded to anywhere? I don't care. Houston? Uh, to the Rams? I don't care. The Rams, that'd just be a total Rams thing to do. The, the Dolphins? The Dolphins? Mike McDaniel would take him. I know they gave Chase Edmonds a bag, but they'll take Kareem Hunt. Anywhere. I don't care where he goes. Top 15 consideration. Immediately. Immediately. Like, let's not forget how good this guy was in Kansas City. And granted, like, I don't want to take an Andy Reid offense and, like, just say it's the entire NFL, right, and generalize it. But, like, that's why I say top 15. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be top 10. I'm not saying he's going to be the next best thing in fantasy football. But I don't know. When he's playing second fiddle, according to... 70% 70% of people out there, and he's having these top 12 finishes at the position, he's top 15 at least on a new team. At least. So I don't know what more you need from Kareem Hunt being drafted outside the top 30 running backs. He's been running back 22 currently. Like, he is, he is, like, if, again, so he's like your A.J. Dillon. If I draft a high volatility guy in the first round, frankly, like, it's not my preferred strategy but if I miss, if I swing and I miss on a you know a, a J.K. Dobbins if I he doesn't fall to me if I miss on a a Brees Hall who I also really like I almost made him a, a flag plant this year um, if I miss out on a who else is kind of going in that that top twenty range I can at any rate if I miss out on one of those strong running back twos like I'm just gonna screw it I'm gonna wait on Kareem Hunt and just build depth everywhere else on my team because Kareem Hunt has top twelve upside in him his stats say so his fantasy finishes say so his receiving upside says so. Should he get traded? His talent says, right? Like, I I said it about Trey Lance. I'm going to say it about Kareem Hunt. You are too low on Kareem Hunt. You are far too low on Kareem Hunt. I don't know what you two else have to add to that, but I don't understand how people are still letting me have Kareem Hunt at such an insane value. No, I agree. I draft Kareem Hunt everywhere. Um, every, every time he's out there, you know, it's just... It's like, why wouldn't you at that point? Right. Because he is so low. Let's wrap up our flag plants here. We each got one more guy on our radar. Let's make this a little bit more quick. We're nearing uh, the end of our podcast here. 
Cameron, your last flag plant, you went two wide receivers. Are you going to make it the three wide receiver trifecta? So I thought about it, and the guy I probably would have gone was Rashad Bateman. I'm surprised you didn't. And I wanted to, but I also wanted to go running back, and I feel like this guy, I know I haven't talked about it a ton, so I know it's a little more of a surprise, but just the more I think about it, like this guy is so disrespected. And so out of that, I had to make my flag plant, and that's David Montgomery. Monty was 12th in points per game last season in PPR and 6th in 2020. Shut up. He was 12th last year? Yes. <laughs> in points per game. Points per game. Sixth I swear he in was 2020. more than that. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. I That, oh, no, no, that no. just blew I'm, my mind. Six I thought I did my homework on him. <laughs> he finished the last six weeks of 2021 as the RB2. He finished the last six weeks of 2020 as the RB1. Dave Montgomery has had at least 40 receptions and 300 receiving yards each season to go along with averaging 1,000 rushing yards a season. This team has no other options other than David Montgomery and Justin Fields running the ball. They truly do not. They got Darnell Mooney, but I'm not. I mean, unless Darnell Mooney is going to catch 400 passes this year, Dave Montgomery is going to get a lot of work. He's not going to get crazy red zone work, but he only had ten. Or he only had seven total touchdowns last year. And so, when he is healthy, when he is on the field, David Montgomery is a top. He, he's just a top performing fantasy back. Like he's he's put together these stretches, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be a lot like Najee Harris. Not quite the same amount of receiving work, but it's just going to be ugly voluming his way to you know, good fantasy finishes. So, yeah, I, I'm – David Montgomery right now is going as running back 23 on underdog. Oh. I got him at 16. It's another just crazy value. So, yeah, that's why that's why I picked David Montgomery over Rashad Bateman. So here's the thing about Monty that I really love Monty this year. I really do. He's the guy you're never excited to draft. But then you get him on your team and you're like, I guess he'll be okay. I guess I just kind of have to like him since he's on my team. Then he, you know, gives you top 12 numbers and fantasy points per game. He crushes it in the playoffs the last two years have, have shown that. Granted, that's kind of been schedule-based, so it might be a little bit different this year. But still, he's won you leagues two years in a row. Do you have any concerns about the new system coming in? Because it is a new system with Matt Eberflus. you got Ryan Pace in the front office now. It is a different culture, and there has been some Khalil Herbert hype. Yeah, and so I understand that, but I don't care because I think Dave <laughs> Montgomery is a lot better than Khalil Herbert. So, even, and the other thing is, even if Herbert gets work, like I said, they they have no options. Like they have no receiving options outside Darnell Mooney. And, Cole and so Komet. I think put some respect yeah. on that man's name. Okay, Cole Komet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can get six yard dump offs all game long, but that's only going to get you so far. Like they're going to have to run the ball. And even if Herbert's getting a hundred plus touches, I still think, or a hundred touches or so, I still think that, um, Monty can be close to 200, 200 plus touches, you know, and he can still be effective in that way. So I, I, I really believe that Mon- Montgomery is going to be really good. And I did find where your thing was, uh, like the issue was. Um, Monty played um, a quarter of a game last year. Some sites count that as a full game. Some sites don't count that as a game. Got it. 
And so if it does count it as a game, he's down at like running back 17. Right. But if they don't count it as a game, he's up at running back 12. Perfect. That makes so much more sense because I scoured and I'm like, you said 12 and I'm like, there is no way. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have missed that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Monty. He's not going to be the guy you're excited to draft, but he's a guy you should draft. Mm-hmm. Tyler, bring it home backs. for your flag plants here. AJ Dillon, Michael Pittman. Yeah, one more player to reveal. It's a tight end. No, stop it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually Cole Komet because I believe in the six yard dump offs. Cole Komet. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, flag plant number three is the wide receiver one for the Carolina Panthers, and I know that instantly just turned everybody off. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but uh, no, it's DJ Moore. And look, I've got DJ Moore as my wide receiver fourteen in my rankings, and he's currently going as a wide receiver sixteen. DJ Moore had one hundred and sixty-three targets last year. He had a 28% target share. 28. If I'm not mistaken, that led the league because (laughs) 28% is otherworldly. And if it wasn't first, it was probably second. So um, a big reason why he didn't finish higher than wide receiver 18 last year was because he only had four touchdowns. But here's the thing. If you've got guys like Sam Darnold, like Cam Newton, like P.J. Walker throwing you the ball, four touchdowns is probably about right. Because You don't deserve more. I know. In here, I mean, those three quarterbacks combined for 14, 14 passing touchdowns. Better than Trevor Lawrence. That's why I took Trey Lance over him. Sorry, continue. (laughs) But again, 14 touchdowns. What else is a guy supposed... I mean, he had red zone targets, too. Granted, there were some games, like I remember perfectly, there was the Minnesota game that they had last year where both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore were just dropping the ball for no reason other than just... They didn't feel like catching the football that day. No, no. They didn't want... uh, Risk an injury. Bashad Breeland coming in <laughs> and just laying the, laying the wood on him. But here's here's the thing with DJ Moore. He signed an extension back in March. Three years, $61 million. And it's added on to his fifth year, so essentially it's a four-year, $73 million deal. At the time, because I know there are other extensions, but at the time that he signed this, it made him the third highest paid wide receiver in the league. If the Panthers see him as the wide receiver one and see a big role for him in this offense, then they went out and traded for Baker Mayfield. And we've talked about this a plenty. Baker Mayfield is not a huge upgrade compared to Sam Darnold. But it is just enough of an upgrade to feel confident in DJ Moore. By no means does that trade and Baker Mayfield push him into the top 12, top 10. 
but if you're looking for massive volume with usually coincides with a safe floor just because volume will always be there. DJ Moore is the guy. Weeks 1 through 12 last year, before the bye, he was the wide receiver 13 in points per game, averaging nearly 15 points a game. The rest of the season, he's wide receiver 26, 12 fancy points a game. So a little, little dip, but still wide receiver 26 is still pretty reasonable if you ask me for <laughs> the Carolina Panthers of last year. And I think a big, big argument for people not being in on DJ Moore this year is, well, CMC is back this year. Understood. But I don't care. <laughs> These two can coexist. Well, I mean, just look at the start of last year. DJ Moore was a target monster. Like, he put up, I believe it was at least three three straight 20-point fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Weeks two, three, and four. That's what it was. Let's look at the points in stats from when they played together last year because McCaffrey did play a couple games last year. Week one, they played together. DJ Moore finishes wide receiver 31. But you, right away, you're just kind of like, not the greatest start, but it was 15 fantasy points. That's solid. That's very solid. Week two, DJ Moore was a wide receiver 11 with 21 fantasy points. I didn't include week three because that's when McCaffrey went down, and so I'm, I'm one of those people that says I just won't count the game. Week nine, McCaffrey's back. He only had seven fantasy points. Not great. But it was against New England. Okay? J.C. Jackson. <laughs> Not much is supposed to happen <laughs> when you're up against New England if you're Carolina. Following week... DJ Moore had six fancy points. Not great. But guess who was the quarterback that game? Cam Newton. Mr. I'm back. I'm back. Cameron. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> That's just a, a fluke game. Let's yep. call it as it is. It was a fluke game. Because Cam Newton had to make a statement. Following week in week 11, 16 fantasy points, wide receiver 22 finish. So look, are people maybe a little too in on DJ Moore based off of the stats from last year? Sure, I can understand it. But the faith was put in DJ Moore with his extension this year, going and getting a guy like Baker Mayfield. DJ Moore is a very solid wide receiver too. If the touchdowns go up, there's a way he sneaks in as a low-end wide receiver one this year. But it's the touchdowns. If you don't believe in Baker Mayfield getting him those touchdowns, I completely understand. But I'm expecting four touchdowns to go to turn into six or seven this year. Yeah, you're not asking otherworldly numbers. Exactly. And if that happens, DJ Moore is right on the cusp of wide receiver one. Yeah, if you're expecting Baker Mayfield to double DJ Moore's touchdown numbers, that's just being unrealistic. That's not going to happen. That won't happen unless you get the upgrade to a Russell Wilson, to an Aaron Rodgers, right, an elite upgrade, to Matthew Stafford. Yes. 
you don't get those kind of bumps in production if it if it's not one of those elite guys. So yeah, but like DJ Moore finishing around wide receiver twenty last year, I believe. Eighteen, yeah. Yeah, so I think he has he does have top fifteen upside this year. Absolutely. I'm gonna make my last one short and sweet. Also a wide receiver. I have been becoming more and more of an advocate and an ally for this player this offseason because the more digging I've done, the more reports I've heard, the more I am convinced that you are too low, as I've said for every <laughs> single player. <laughs> you need to draft Allen Robinson this year. Convinced of it. I know last season is going to scare a ton of people off. Some creators are also scared off by this player. I don't understand why we're using old like old irrelevant context to try and predict a brand new scenario for a player who showed extreme talent over the years. Last year, like, I'm sorry, if there's a whole YouTube mix on a franchise screwing you over, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that means something. <laughs> because you don't just compile a you. We saw it with Odell Beckham. Everybody backed Odell Beckham. That Baker Mayfield just going to hit the broadside of a barn with Odell Beckham. And he got his way, and the people backed him. And why is that not the case for Allen Robinson? <laughs> that the Bears just sabotaged him in a, in a franchise tag year that he didn't want to play on. Mm-hmm. But the Bears franchise tagged him anyways because, I mean, what else do you do with Allen Robinson? The guy who was putting up 150 target, 100 reception seasons, 1,200-yard seasons, six touchdown seasons in 2019 and 2020, right? Like, we're talking yeah. about a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Like, you don't just give that guy away. You keep that guy as an asset on your team. And so, I mean, you can decide whether you think Allen Robinson was sabotaged or not. I choose to believe that he is now in arguably the best offense in the NFL, playing second fiddle to a top, I won't say what, top seven wide receiver in the NFL. I don't want to get too ballsy and cause too many arguments, but... Playing again, you know, playing alongside a historical wide receiver last season in Cooper Cup fills in a Robert Woods role where he was the wide receiver twelve before his ACL injury last year. Fair to say, Allen Robinson is the better wide receiver than Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Like, what's stopping Allen Robinson from having a top fifteen finish this year? Allen Robinson. I would <laughs> also say like Matthew Stafford's. Elbow tendonitis, elbow or uh, yeah. the the baseball elbow injury. I can't think of what it's called. Um, that's about the only thing. And yeah. frankly, if there's one thing we know about Matthew Stafford, pain is nothing to him. He doesn't feel pain. That yeah. man played with a dislocated shoulder, threw a touchdown, with his arm like out of socket as he's like coming off the field. Like Matthew Stafford is nails. Yeah. He is nails. Okay, so I'm not worried about Allen Robinson. I think he has a major bounce back year this year. Why is he going as a wide receiver 29-2? Like, this is like Kareem Hunt level for me of like, Mm -hmm. why are you this low on a guy who's put up top 10 numbers just because he played on a really bad team with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields throwing him the football, who is clearly struggling, struggling to make the adjustment and and, – Matt Nagy, all he said was, is it in the flats? Okay, throw it. 
And guess who wasn't in the flats? Allen Robinson. That's not where Allen Robinson hangs out, okay? Darnell Mooney was. Right. Rams bring him in. The coaching staff is absolutely in love with him. They're, they're, they're saying they want to use him all over the formation. They're thrilled about what he can do. And um, Charles, oh, shoot, I can't remember his last name now. Yahoo, senior writer. Robinson. Thank you. Charles Robinson. Uh, he had asked somebody in the organization. He didn't choose to name who, smart man. He had asked someone in the organization. So did you get an upgrade from Robert Woods, actually? And they go, I think we might have. The Rams went out and got this guy. They paid him a, ba- a bag. Excuse me. Like I, We should be drafting Al Robinson far earlier than the sixth round in fantasy drafts. Far earlier than the wide receiver 29. I, I am all over Allen Robinson. I am drafting him left, right, and center in every single draft this year. Consider my flag planted on Allen Robinson. If Sean McVay trusts him, we should trust him too. 100%. 100%. To wrap out our flag plants, Cameron, you want to list yours quick? Tyler, you can list yours, and I'll wrap out with mine, and we'll take it home. Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, and David Montgomery. Michael Pittman. A.J. Dillon, D.J. Moore. Love me some Trey Lance. I'll take some Kareem Hunt on the side. And for dessert, Allen Robinson. Anything you two want to add before we close out the episode here? I don't think so today. Just keep up. Keep a good up. fight. <laughs> keep on keeping on. I totally botched that, too. That's okay, though. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> We're just three stooges being dudes. <laughs> Make sure to buy our draft guide for $5. We are in the middle of draft season. You are going to get projections on over 200 players from the three of us. So you're going to get my projections. You're going to get Tyler's projections. You're going to get Cameron's projections on over 200 players. That's 600 total projections. That's less than one cent per projection for $5. It's a steal of a lifetime. Go check the description if you're listening to our podcast on YouTube. It's also in the description. You're literally losing money if you don't get the draft guide. Probably at this point. Yeah, if you're playing in money leagues, you're losing money. You're losing money. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. FFL is on Twitter. The FFL is on Instagram. Fantasy Football Fellas. Facebook, YouTube, the good old TikTok. I'm at Lucas Wenzel on Twitter. Tyler is... Tyler underscore Plath. Cameron is Cam Law 317. Just three stooges being dudes. Fancy football fellas. We'll see you all next episode. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.